Howdy folks, it's Sunday, April 1st, 2018, and we're ready for episode 8 of Recruiting Kingdom Podcast. Let's talk about a few things today. GDPR is on the minds of many employers as well as uh, companies beyond employment. The EU regulation, which was passed a few years ago, is now coming into effect um, May 28th. So lots of employers are scrambling to get their systems and processes ready. Uh, The gist of it is is to give uh, visibility and control to job applicants, as well as consumers in general, uh, about their electronic records. So job applicants are going to be able to um, indicate whether they want their record expunged from the database. Um, That's kind of always been the case. Uh, Candidates could have always done a uh, one-off request. Uh, But the regulation now has um, some mechanisms where uh, each employer has to set a time frame. And I think three years or so is the the general guideline, but companies can decide to make that a shorter period. So there's going to be a notification up front and uh, also a request to consent for that. Um, And candidates can request to have their data expunged after uh, that time period. And there's also a degree of um, opting out from having their data uh, shared to other organizations. What that means is that recruiting systems and applicant tracking systems in particular are gonna have to have functionality allowing for the employers to provide specific consent based on the country that um, the applicant is applying from and also systems to allow the recruiting team to review when um, records uh, are about to be scheduled for uh, clearing out. And it gives the employer an opportunity to send out an email campaign and ask those candidates uh, prior to that period of time ending, ask if they're still interested in being in the system and being considered. It's actually an opportunity to uh, have the employer convey their employer brand and an opportunity for that candidate to provide uh, a refreshed uh, CV or resume um, in their system. So I know a lot of vendors are gearing up. Um, I've been sitting in on uh, meetings uh, with Jobvite with my clients and things are looking good for functionality rolling out in early May to be prepared for the May 28th deadline. So. Uh, Everyone who deals with applicants from the EU, get ready for GDPR. Uh, If you haven't heard about it yet, you will soon. So a few weeks ago, I had a chance to attend Hiring Success 18. That was a recruiting conference hosted by the good folks at Smart Recruiters um, in San Francisco. And I thought that was a pretty good conference. I enjoyed going and uh, going to the various breakout sessions. One particular session seemed really interesting. Uh, The presenter was uh, Jeff Diana, the former chief people officer from Atlassian and also previously from SuccessFactors. Looks like from his current LinkedIn profile, he's a a consultant and advisor to a number of companies, Um, but he had some good stories and lessons to share and uh, I wanted to actually pass some of those along. So again, these are from Jeff Diana. Uh, Look them up uh, if you think his ideas are good ones. 
um, he conveyed one of his lessons learned was to hire a recruiting marketer as soon as possible, and he actually regrets not having done so sooner. Uh, when he was over at Atlassian, uh, they were headquartered over in Sydney, Australia, and they were uh, recruiting for a number of uh, designer roles that they had trouble finding a talent for. So their recruiting marketer uh, ended up uh, dressing up a Volkswagen bus and they put a surfboard on there. And that Volkswagen bus and surfboard with the Atlassian brand and recruiting message right on the side of it drove around Europe uh, looking for uh, qualified designers. But the message was uh, if those designers would be interested in surfing, and that was kind of the unique twist, uh, asking if they would want to surf in Australia. And apparently the campaign was successful uh, they hired on uh, seven designers. So that sounded like a very successful recruiting marketing campaign. Um, another story that Jeff Diana conveyed was uh, one of their processes was to, at Atlassian uh, was whenever a candidate received a verbal offer anywhere in the world, they would send a nice box. This box was not just any box. It was a very well design constructed an extremely creative box and inside was a full color brochure it had a variety of trinkets and other items that represented the company's brand um, there was uh, chocolates made from the sydney area uh, there were just a whole bunch of nifty things that they made sure that every candidate uh, who got a job offer uh, received the box within 48 hours and the purpose of the box was to convey um, to the candidate uh, more about the company culture, more about the identity and the messaging of what the opportunity is, and really give the candidate a, a chance to more fully assess the opportunity and the company. And uh, Jeff said that the box and its shipping would cost $150 a unit, which on its face sounds uh, crazy expensive. But he then said that on balance, if you consider the fact that the box being sent to the home of the candidate receiving the offer, the chances of the candidate having to think about that offer and maybe tell their, uh, their partner, I'm thinking about negotiating this offer, if the partner saw the box and got their hands on some of the items, the partner would tell the candidate don't you negotiate that offer and mess up the deal. You've got to work for this company. Take the offer. So uh, Jeff said that they felt uh, they perhaps saved in aggregate many thousands of dollars that would have been uh, subject to negotiation uh, if they didn't get some sort of uh, partner or family pressure to get the offer accepted. So in the end, $150 cost for the box and shipping uh, was well worth it. Uh, I, I really think it's a, a forward-thinking idea, and I, I really like that idea. The, uh, the last uh, story or lesson that Jeff Diana conveyed that I'm going to share here is when he was at Success Factors, they ran a, um, an alumni recruiting campaign. So it sounded like they had assigned someone on the team to... Uh, get that organized, uh, obviously mine through their own database of folks who had left the company. 
and uh, and of course all the usual um, methods of figuring out which talent you'd want to bring back uh, and of course avoiding those that weren't necessarily welcome back. Um, but a few things, uh, the first contact to the alumni was not necessarily a recruiter. In fact, most of the time it was a key staff member or a leader in the company. Even the CEO would be the one to reach out and uh, try to reestablish that contact. And uh, uh, Jeff indicated that they got the percentage of hires from the alumni program to be up to 10%, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and finally, um, not only was bringing alumni back just generally a healthy practice, uh, but they felt that it would um, that it positively impacted uh, preventing attrition from employees who might have been on the edge, uh, since those employees would see that alumni who had left uh, were coming back, and that the the whole impression of the grass is greener on the other side of the hill. Uh, was uh, somewhat debunked as people were coming back to work at Success Factors. So I thought it was a great uh, story and a lesson about the value and uh, methods for an effective alumni recruiting campaign. So my thanks to Jeff Diana for sharing those stories at Hiring Success 18. Um, thanks a lot. I've noticed the last few years that recruiting teams at tech companies and even non-tech, typically larger companies, have been creating roles on recruiting teams that are specifically focused on uh, the systems or the analytics of recruiting. So uh, these days it's pretty easy to find listings for uh, a recruiting analytics uh, analyst or sometimes a manager of recruiting operations with a heavy systems emphasis, uh, or even more senior level roles, uh, senior manager or director level roles that are focused on talent analytics. And uh, it follows uh, a trend um, that was really hyped up a few years ago and still valid today, uh, not necessarily as hyped today, of the use of big data in recruiting. Uh, making decisions on uh, recruiting leadership matters, strategy, operations, based on uh, actual data uh, and determining what kind of resources or uh, employment branding strategies um, or changing in process or identifying inefficiencies. All of those are things that a recruiting leader could use uh, data from the core recruiting system and other uh, secondary systems uh, to make decisions and uh, be able to justify um, methods and strategies uh, based on empirical data. Uh, but the reality is that a lot of uh, recruiting leaders uh, either don't have the time or the aptitude to handle uh, the data or the analytics involved. Uh, so it's best to bring on one or more people who can focus on uh, making sure the systems are properly set up, making sure that the data is extracted, uh, and make sure there's good analysis and uh, decision-making on that. Uh, you know, in the past, systems were often taken care of by uh, perhaps the most technically uh, capable uh, coordinator on the team, or, or perhaps a recruiting leader themselves uh, would tackle it. 
but now that it's becoming its own kind of discipline and uh, there are people who are uh, dedicating their career on it, I think it's very interesting that the, uh, the prevalence and the robustness of recruiting technology uh, is now um, embodied by uh, these new roles uh, at different employers. So if your recruiting team does not yet have a dedicated recruiting analyst uh, or uh, someone in a leadership role that's focused on talent analytics, uh, it might be time to consider that. Uh, and you want to be wary of having to rely on someone outside the recruiting team, perhaps someone on the IT team or someone on the HR operations side, um, in which their focus uh, is not necessarily in line with the pace and tenor of uh, recruiting operations, which on a day-to-day -day basis is quite different from the rest of HR. Uh, and, uh, and if it's someone, say, from IT, uh, they might have uh, priorities to take care of, uh, usually coming from the sales and marketing organization uh, or other parts of the company, uh, whereas uh, HR and recruiting might be considered low, lower priority uh, amongst all of IT's different priorities. So it's really best for the function and the focus to stay within the recruiting team. For today's job bite tip, I'm going to talk about job bite staging. And this is going to be one of those few times in which the ATS tips are probably more job bite specific than usual. Uh, Jobvite has a staging server that's going to be running separately from your live production server. Staging is really where you would want to um, uh, test out any kind of uh, or model out uh, a new configuration or uh, new ideas and um, without having to affect uh, live recs and live candidates. Um, it's a great place to really, uh, you know, if you want to create some new workflow steps or try out a new approval chain or build out field mapping, um, it's great to do that on staging. Um, and that way you can see how it's going to work out before you build it onto production. Um, there's some interesting things to keep in mind, though, when using Jobvice staging. Uh, first of all, the server uh, can be a little bit slow. Um, they don't have a service level agreement, so sometimes the pages get served a little bit slower on the staging server than, than production. Also, in general, the staging server uh, does not generate any of the system email notifications that are part of so many different functions on Jobbyte. So uh, when testing out things like uh, the interview scheduling function or uh, any kind of invitation to candidates or interviewers uh, or just overall the various notification functions that come with say a new applicant uh, or even trying to invite a user to uh, create their account. Uh, none of those things are really available from the staging server so um, just keep that in mind if you're testing out different functions. Um, also, there's a refresh process, and what that means is uh, it looks like every four or six weeks or so, and, and Jobvite announces ahead of time when they are. The, the refresh process is such that uh, the staging server uh, will inherit a complete copy 
of your live production data um, on a particular date. And they usually, it's like a Friday night, and it might uh, happen later in the weekend. But they take a snapshot of all of your production data, the recs, the candidates, the configuration, reports, and everything, and that's brought over to staging. And at that point, then you'll have uh, whatever those recent recs or candidates or users or configuration to use uh, for testing purposes or modeling purposes and so on. Uh, but one of the big implications is that if you had any data changes or any configuration changes previously on staging, the refresh process will completely overwrite that. It'll wipe out whatever you previously were doing on staging. So definitely keep in mind uh, when the next uh, refresh is. Um, and unfortunately, it's every four to six weeks. It's not too often. Um, it used to be a lot more often in other kinds of uh, enterprise systems. The, the refresh process is often uh, uh, more frequent. Um, one of the things I've had to remind uh, my clients is if they're using the staging server is that if they've changed their user password on their production server, the staging server login will still have the old password from the last refresh. Uh, so that's one of those um, ripple effects of how the their refresh process works. So uh, if you're uh, interested in trying out the staging server and you don't already have the URL um, to log in, uh, check with your Jobvite account manager or ping Jobvite support and they'll send over the uh, staging URL to log in. So check it out. Recruiting Kingdom Podcast is brought to you by ZWD Recruiting Management and Systems Consulting. For more information, see ZWD.com. Check out Recruiting Kingdom's website, RecruitingKingdom.com, where you can find and post recruiting leadership opportunities worldwide. 30-day postings are free. Follow us on Twitter, at RecruitKingdom. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and like us on iTunes, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can directly respond to the podcast on the Anchor mobile app, where you can call in and leave your questions and comments, which I can then respond to in future episodes. Thanks for listening.